Hello, my name's Laura and this is German Gramophod. This is my third and final podcast about relative pronouns. In my first relative pronoun podcast, I covered the basics about relative pronouns. In the second one, I talked about the impact of prepositions. That's words like in and with, and a few other exceptions and special cases. Previously, I have told you that German mainly uses the word for the as the relative pronoun. In this podcast, I'm going to tell you about when it doesn't. To understand this podcast, you already need to understand the basics of what a relative pronoun is. I recommend that anyone who doesn't already have a fair idea of what relative pronouns are should listen to my first podcast about relative pronouns before they listen to this one. You will also need to understand about German genders and cases before you listen to this podcast. So if you don't already know about these, I suggest you listen to my podcasts on gender, the nominative, the accusative, the dative and the genitive before you start on the podcasts about relative pronouns. You don't need to learn all the information in those podcasts. You just need to get a basic understanding of the concepts involved. Before we start, though, just a quick warning to beginners. I'm going to be advising you not to bother learning most of the things I say in this podcast, as at this stage, there are far more useful things you can spend your learning time on. This podcast is mainly aimed at higher intermediate and advanced learners. I think if you are still a beginner or lower intermediate learner, by which in this case, I mean anyone who is not yet at a stage where they could pass whatever exam your country offers to 16-year-old school pupils for German, then you can get by perfectly well without knowing any of the things I'm going to say in this podcast. The first relative pronoun I'm going to talk about in this podcast is the word was, as I think this is the most useful one. Do you remember I've previously looked at relative pronouns which refer back to a single word in the previous clause. For instance, the dress that I saw. Das Kleid, das ich gesehen habe. Well, what if you don't want to do that? What if you want to refer back to the previous clause as a whole? For instance, I danced all night, which made me really tired. The which here doesn't link back to a specific noun. What made me really tired wasn't any specific word in that clause. It was the whole thing. The fact that I danced all night. You couldn't really use the German for the here as your relative pronoun, as what would you link the gender back to? So instead, you use the word was as the relative pronoun. Ich habe die ganze Nacht getanzt, was mich sehr müde gemacht hat. And the particularly handy thing is that you don't have to change was to match the case of the role it's playing in the relative clause. For the nominative, accusative or dative, you simply use was. As ever, with the genitive it's more complicated than that. If you wanted to use was to play the role of a genitive, then in fact you should use the word wessen. However, as far as possible, German avoids doing this, preferring to find another way to say whatever it was you were trying to say. So my advice is to avoid using it yourself. I don't think that should be hard. The hard bit is to think of an example where you'd want to use was as a relative pronoun in the genitive. So beginners and intermediate learners, I recommend that you simply memorize that you use was whenever you want to use a relative pronoun to refer back 
to whole clauses. Advanced learners, you should try and remember to avoid using it in the role of a genitive. And if you really can't avoid it, then use wessen instead of was. But this isn't the only place you use was as the relative pronoun in German. There are three other places where you should use it, all of which I think are too hard for beginners. To be specific, there are three grammatical categories of words that you should use was to link back to. I'm going to give you the grammatical terms, but in practice it doesn't matter if you memorise these grammatical terms or not. What matters is if you can work out the type of words they refer to, and remember to use was to refer back to these. The first sort of word you should use was to refer back to is a neuter indefinite. That's the words alles, everything, nichts, nothing, etwas, something, einiges, things, folgendes, the following, manches, many things, vieles, much, and weniges, little. Here are a couple of examples. Alles, was er sagt, ist wahr. Everything he says is true. Or, all that he says is true. Notice that in English, you wouldn't necessarily put the relative pronoun in to link the relative clause to the everything. In fact, most native English speakers probably wouldn't even realise that that sentence involves a relative clause. I certainly didn't listen to Brian Adams's everything I do, I do it for you, thinking he's using a relative clause there. But if you want to say it in German, that's exactly what you've got to do. So you end up with alles was ich mache, mache ich für dich. So if you do find yourself wanting to use one of those neuter indefinites, words like alles, nichts, etwas, etc then it's worth thinking about whether you should be using a relative clause with it. Often you won't need a relative clause at all, but it's still worth asking yourself the question until you start to get a sense for it. Also, advanced learners, the fact that the was ich mache, or in my previous sentence the was er sagt, are both relative clauses, means you should be using commas to separate them off from the rest of the sentence one just before the relative clause starts, and one at its end. Googling this sort of phrase has shown me that German native speakers often don't remember to do this themselves. But don't let this fool you, it is the correct thing to do. However, it does also mean that if you do forget, your written sentence will still be perfectly comprehensible. OK, a couple more quick examples as reminders of the sort of neuter indefinite sentences I've been talking about. Das ist nichts, was ich nicht erledigen kann. That's nothing that I can't get done. Ich habe etwas, was Sie brauchen. I have something you need. Or, I have something that you need. If you are an intermediate learner, then the most important neuter indefinites to remember, the ones you're most likely to use, are alles, everything, nichts, nothing, and etwas something. It's probably not particularly productive to try and learn all of them until you're a pretty advanced learner. By the way, there's one exception to this rule, which is that it's okay to use das instead of was after etwas, although was 
is definitely the more common choice. While we're on neutrine definites, there's another place relating to them that you use vas as the relative pronoun. And that's if, instead of linking back to the neutrine definite by itself, you're linking back to an adjectival noun after a neutrine definite. An adjectival noun is a word that's usually an adjective that's being used as a noun. For instance, good, bad and ugly in the good, the bad and the ugly. Here's an example of an adjectival noun after a neutrine definite in German. Etwas Neues, something new. And here's an example of it in a sentence using was as the relative pronoun. Die Aufgabe war zumindest mal etwas Neues, was ich noch nicht gemacht habe. The task was at least something new, which I haven't done yet. The next place you should use was as a relative pronoun is to refer back to superlatives being used as nouns. Long is an adjective. Longer is a comparative. Longest is a superlative. So superlatives are words such as longest, best, worst, biggest, most beautiful. Or in German, längste, beste, schlechteste, größte and schönste. Here are some examples of them being used as nouns with was as a relative pronoun. Das ist das längste, was ich je geschrieben habe. That is the longest one that I've ever written. Er ist das Beste, was mir je passiert ist. He's the best thing that ever happened to me. Das Schönste, was wir erleben können. The most wonderful thing that we can experience. Note that although all those superlatives could simply be used as nouns in German, in English I kept having to add in extra words such as thing and one. Right, the next place you should use was is where in English you'd use a what to refer back to an earlier word. For instance, friendship is what's important. That doesn't sound much like a relative pronoun and relative clause, does it? Well, it does a bit more so in German because you have to do it slightly differently in German. You have to add a das in before the was, so you get Freundschaft ist das, was wichtig ist. Literally, friendship is that what is important. Or, as you might also phrase it in English, friendship is the thing that's important. In German, you often can't simply replace an adjective with a whole what clause, like you can in English. So, Unlike in English, you can't go straight from friendship is precious to friendship is what's important without adding in an extra das, followed by a comma because the what clause is a relative clause and in German you have to separate those off with commas and then your what clause. Here's another example to help give you the idea. Michaela hat das, was viele nicht haben, das gewisse etwas. Michaela's got what many don't have, that certain something. In those examples, my das was in the nominative in the first and the accusative in the second. It stayed das because das doesn't change between nominative and accusative. But these sentences would also work the same way if the das needed to be in the dative or the genitive, for instance, if it followed a preposition. In German, you make the das which is always neuter in this type of sentence, match the case that the clause requires. For instance, 
innerhalb dessen, was du als Grenzen bezeichnest, within what you describe as boundaries. And man sollte mit dem helfen, was man kann. You should help with what you can. Although the das can and does change to match the case you need, as I mentioned before, the was in the was clause would only change if the clause required it to be in the genitive, in which case it would change to a wessen, or, better still, you should rephrase the clause so that you can avoid the genitive. Now, there are two more things that you need to know about sentences like this. The first thing is that you don't always need the das to link back to in German. Some sentences seem to need it, but some sound better without it. This is a bit of a problem, because I don't know of any rule that tells you when you should use it and when you shouldn't. My recommendation is that as a rule of thumb, you use das was rather than just was, unless you've seen your sentence without it, or a native speaker tells you your sentence would be better without it. The other thing you need to know is that it's not just a das that you can insert in German to have the was link back to. You could also link back to a dieses. For instance, du wirst lange über dieses, was ich eben gesagt habe, nachdenken. You'll be thinking about what I just said for a long time. In fact, das and dieses, when they stand by themselves, like they do in this sort of sentence, rather than in front of a noun, are what are known as neuter demonstrative pronouns and you use a was with any neuter demonstrative pronoun. That's dieses, jenes, das, dasjenige, and dasselbe, when they're on their own, instead of with a noun after them. Dieses, jenes, dasjenige, and das all fundamentally mean something along the lines of this, that, the thing, or the one. These pronouns tend to disappear in English, so you just end up with a what clause that doesn't link back to any particular word in English. In German, they've got subtly different nuances and cast a slightly different emphasis on your sentence. I recommend that everyone sticks to the most neutral of them, das, when creating sentences, and only branch out into dieses, dasjenige and jenes when you've got a stronger grasp of their different nuances. I still stick with das myself. Dasselbe, though, is a bit different. It doesn't disappear in English, because instead of fundamentally just meaning this or that, like the others do, it means the same thing. Here's an example sentence. Es ist dasselbe, was heute passiert. It's the same thing that's happening today. So that was was as a relative pronoun. You use was whenever you want to link back to a whole clause, with words such as alles, etwas, and nichts, with superlatives used as nouns, with dasselbe, the same thing, and with das was, and all its equivalents, where the das, or its equivalent, would disappear completely in English, and you'd just be left with a what. That brings me on to an area where German uses fewer words than English. In English, we can say he who, or those who, and so on, to start a sentence. Whereas German can just use a who, wer, for this meaning. For instance, he who has many friends is never lonely. 
wer viele Freunde hat, ist nie einsam. Or, those who are interested can look it up. Wen es interessiert, kann ja nachlesen. Notice that in my second sentence, the wer was in fact a wen, which is the accusative form of wer, because in that sentence, the relative pronoun was playing the role of an accusative. For more information about when to use the accusative, you can listen to my podcast on the accusative. The other thing to notice is that one of those English sentences was about one person, he who, and the other about multiple people, those who. But I translated with a German sentence in the singular in both cases. To be honest, I mainly did that because I can. If you think about it, in those two sentences, the meaning of he who and those who is fundamentally the same. I could have used either to start off either sentence. Because of this, it's perfectly okay to translate either of those into wer or its equivalents in different cases. That's wen in the accusative, wem in the dative, and wessen in the genitive. But what you do have to bear in mind is that wer, wen, wem, and wessen are all grammatically masculine and are all in the third person singular. So for the rest of your sentence, you have to keep going in that sentence with words that match the third person singular and masculine, wherever those words can or should match a singular or plural and a gender. In other words, you keep going with the same words you'd use if you'd started your sentence with an er, he, instead of a wer, who. There is, however, another choice in German. I could have translated those sentences with diejenigen die instead. For instance, he who has many friends is never lonely. Diejenigen, die viele Freunde haben, sind nie einsam. Or, those who are interested can look it up. Diejenigen, die es interessiert, können ja nachlesen. Notice that diejenigen is a third person plural and therefore I keep going through the sentence with words that match the third person plural. It's the same words I'd use if I'd started the sentence off with a they, sie, instead of a diejenigen, die, those who. In fact, German also has a third option. Instead of diejenigen, die, I could go for die, die. He who has many friends is never lonely. Die, die viele Freunde haben, sind nie einsam. Or, those who are interested can look it up. Die, die es interessiert, können ja nachlesen. Die, die works the same way as diejenigen, die. So you keep going for the rest of the sentence with the third person plural. Another useful relative pronoun I wanted to talk about is wo, where. You can use this to refer to locations, like English uses where. Die Stadt, wo ich geboren wurde. The town where I was born. Das Dorf, wo ich wohne. The village where I live. Advanced learners, you can also use wohin and woher as relative pronouns. Wohin means to where and woher means from where. Using wohin and woher correctly in German 
is actually a topic in itself and pretty difficult for native English speakers. But as relative pronouns, they're okay. Just think to where or to which for wohin and from where or from which for woher. For instance, die Stadt, wohin ich später zog, the town to which I later moved, das Land, woher er kommt, the country he comes from, more literally, the country from which he comes. You don't have to use wo in German for any of these. You can do all of them with a preposition plus our usual relative pronoun based on the word the. Die Stadt, in der ich geboren wurde. The town where I was born. Das Dorf, in dem ich wohne. The village where I live. Die Stadt, in die ich später zog. The town to which I later moved. Das Land, aus dem er kommt. The country he comes from. Notice that both wo and wohin are replaced by in plus the. However, there's a difference in the case you use. Wo by itself is replaced by in plus the in the dative, whereas wohin is replaced by in plus the in the accusative. The reason for this is because wohin implies a sense of movement from one place to another, whereas wo doesn't imply this sort of movement, just static location. And in is one of those prepositions where you have to choose either the dative or the accusative, depending on whether you need to convey a sense of movement from one place to another or not. For a sense of movement from one place to another, as is implied when you use for hin, you need to use an accusative. For a static location, as implied when using wo, you need to use a dative within. I talked about this in more depth in my podcasts about the accusative and the dative. Back on wo as a relative pronoun. You can also use it when talking about time. For instance, im moment wo dies geschehen ist. In the moment when this happened. Jetzt, wo ich das weiß. Now that I know that. I like wo for this time usage, or for that matter for place usage. I think it makes life very simple, as you don't need to work out gender or case, and it's used a lot in both spoken and written German. However, some native German speakers consider wo a bit colloquial to talk about time. So if your German is really advanced, that's people living in German-speaking areas who are already pretty fluent, it might be best to avoid it for time usage if you're trying to say something very formal. The easiest way to avoid it, should you need to sound formal, is with a da instead. Im Moment da dies geschehen ist. In the moment when this happened. Jetzt, da ich das weiß. Now that I know that. However, this can sound a little old-fashioned. So in case you need another alternative that is neither particularly formal nor informal, and certainly not old-fashioned, you can use a preposition plus the relative pronoun based on the. Speakers advanced enough to be avoiding both wo and da as a relative pronoun to talk about time should be able to work out which preposition they need. 
it's the one you'd use in front of the words for the time period in question. Here are a couple of examples. Im Moment, in dem dies geschehen ist. In the moment when this happened. Am Tag, an dem du Geburtstag hast. On the day when it's your birthday. You might also come across als and wenn used for relative pronouns describing time. Both als and wenn mean when, and you've got to know when you'd use als and when you'd use wenn in a normal German sentence to use these as relative pronouns. If you don't already know this, I recommend avoiding these and sticking with wo for a relative pronoun for talking about time. For those who are already familiar with als and wenn, here are two examples of how they work as relative pronouns. Im Moment, als dies geschehen ist. In the moment when this happened. Am Tag, wenn du Geburtstag hast. On the day when it's your birthday. So, that was how you do relative pronouns to talk about time. The simple thing to do is to use wo. If you're a really advanced learner, and need to be very formal, you should instead use either da or a preposition plus the relative pronoun based on the word the. You can also use as or wenn, like in the examples I gave. But wo gets used a lot, so is the best word to use yourself for most learners most of the time. One final usage of wo as a relative pronoun that I wanted to mention is that in old-fashioned German, especially in literature, People used to use wo plus a preposition instead of a preposition plus the to do relative pronouns combining prepositions. For instance, instead of meine Lösung, mit der ich nicht ganz zufrieden bin, my solution, with which I'm not quite satisfied, it would be meine Lösung, womit ich nicht ganz zufrieden bin. This is no longer done, except in one situation, that is, it's used in formal written German where the correct sentence would otherwise be a preposition followed by was. This is because in very formal German you're not supposed to use a preposition followed by was. So you use wo plus the preposition instead. For instance, das Beste, womit sie sich verwöhnen können. The best thing you can pamper yourself with. Do you remember that das Beste needs a was after it? because it's a superlative being used as a noun, and they need a was as their relative pronoun. But because formal German dislikes the combination of preposition plus was, it uses womit, or wo plus any other preposition, as the way of avoiding it. By the way, if your preposition starts with a vowel, you stick an r between the wo and it, for instance, worin, woran, worauf. However, in both written and spoken colloquial German, many native German speakers do indeed use a preposition followed by a was. The only time you can't is when the was refers back to the whole clause, rather than a single word in it. Then you have to use wo plus preposition. I think the easiest thing to do is simply to remember always to replace preposition plus was with wo plus preposition, or to ignore this rule altogether as you will always be comprehensible using preposition plus was, even if in some cases your sentences won't actually be correct. At this point, 
I just want to throw in a couple of set phrases. Die Art wie, the manner in which, or the way which, and der Grund warum, the reason why. If these are phrases that sound like things you would say, and are a good fit with the level of German you already speak, then you should memorise these. Like in English, where you wouldn't really use why as a relative pronoun, except in the phrase the reason why, wie and warum are mainly used as relative pronouns in those set phrases I just mentioned in German. Here are three examples for you. Die Art, wie wir bis drei tanzten, the way we danced till three. Die Art, wie ich dich liebe, the way that I love you. Der Grund, warum alles schief geht, the reason why everything goes wrong. That's almost it. Just time to mention my final alternative relative pronoun in German. And that is the word for which, welcher, which German can use instead of the relative pronoun based on the word the. Like the, the word which changes its ending depending on case and gender. Welcher always has the same final letter as the word for the in the same case and gender. But unlike when the is being used as a relative pronoun, Welche doesn't have any funny different declinations as a relative pronoun, as the does with dessen, deren and denen. It just stays in its normal form for that case and gender, even when it's being used as a relative pronoun. I'll put a table of it up on my website, sites.google.com slash site slash German grammar pod. Now, unlike which, which is used quite a lot as a relative pronoun in English. Welcher isn't used that often in German. It's mainly used in formal writing or speech, especially to create a bit of stylistic variation. For instance, if the writer feels like he's used the too often, he might throw in a few welches to vary things a bit, especially if you would otherwise have the word the three times in a row. I wouldn't bother trying to remember to do this myself, this is something for extremely advanced learners only. Everyone else, I'm only telling you about welche because you might come across it and it would be good to have heard it can be used like this and to know why people are choosing to do this, just for stylistic reasons. One other thing about welche, unlike which in English, which can only be used to refer back to non-human things, welche in German can be used about people too, not just things. For instance, die Leute, welche regelmäßig Tee trinken, the people who regularly drink tea. To sum up, there are several other words you can use as the relative pronoun, the vast majority of which would usually be used as question words. Was, what, wo, where, welche, which. Apart from welche, which is simply a more formal stylistic variant of the usual relative pronoun based on the word the. All of these need using in specific grammatical situations, where in most cases you have to use that particular relative pronoun and can't use anything else. Let's start with was, what. You use was whenever you want to refer back to a whole clause rather than just one noun within a clause. You also use it to refer back to words like alles, nichts, vieles and etwas. A third use for was as a relative pronoun 
is to refer back to superlatives used as nouns, such as das Beste, das Neueste, das Schönste. You also use was together with a das when you want to replace a what clause that is the object of a verb in English. For instance, Freundschaft ist das, was wichtig ist. Friendships, what's important. You could also use dieses was, jenes was, or das jenige was here. But these all have slightly different nuances, and I suggest that the vast majority of you do like me and just stick to das was. Finally, on was, you also use was after a das selber on its own. For instance, das selber was, the same thing that. Also, while I'm on was, German prefers to avoid putting was after a preposition. What it does instead is to use wo plus the preposition. For instance, womit, worin, wozu. In colloquial German, was plus a preposition is fine, so long as your was refers back to a single word rather than the whole clause. Because when it refers to a whole clause, you have to use the wo plus preposition option. However, if you're using the usual relative pronoun, the word for the rather than was with a preposition, then you should avoid replacing it with a wo plus preposition, as this sounds very odd and old-fashioned. Another very useful relative pronoun is wo, where. You can use this as a relative pronoun, not just for locations, like you might expect, but also for times, referring back to a specific time with a wo, like English would use a when. Although using wo about time can be considered a little too colloquial for very formal situations. Instead, you can use da or an appropriate preposition plus the relative pronoun based on the word the, or as or then. Also, where English would use to which or from which to refer back to a location, German would use wohin and woher. The final relative pronouns I wanted to mention are wer, who, wie, how, and warum, why. You use wer where you'd use he who or those who in English. Alternatively, you can use die, die or diejenigen die instead of wer. Finally, I mentioned two set phrases that use relative pronouns. Die Art wie, the way which, and der Grund warum, the reason why. These are set phrases. Wie and warum aren't really used as relative pronouns outside these. Still, if that sounds like the sort of phrase you find useful, they're worth memorising. So that was it for my final session on relative pronouns. I'll put relevant tables and the transcript of this podcast on my website which has now moved to sites.google.com slash site slash German Grammar Pod. I haven't yet got a firm plan about what to do next. I've been thinking about doing a podcast on general tips and tricks on how to learn a language, and also maybe including some grammar basics like what is a noun, a verb and an adjective. If you have any ideas on what topics you'd like me to cover, either in that particular podcast or in another podcast, then drop me a line at germangrammarpod at yahoo.co.uk.
Also, you might like to visit my blog at germangrammarpod.blogspot.com. To be honest, I mainly have it for technical reasons, to do with how I publish the podcast. But it's also got some interesting comments on it from other listeners and suggestions for language learning resources. You have to scroll through it a bit to find the right entries, but I think they're good suggestions and worth a look. And my thanks once again to Martin Kraus for using his knowledge as a German native speaker to help check these podcasts for accuracy before I record them. Anyway, that's it for this time. Until next time, goodbye and thanks for listening.